Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. June 27, 2019, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, the Supreme Court delivers two major decisions that will have an impact on the 2020 election. First of all, one of them deals with partisan gerrymandering. They chose to sit this one out, expect Republicans to go crazy. Some of the most obscene and extreme partisan gerrymandering you've ever seen. The other case involves the U.S. Census. They really kicked the can down the road. Also, last night was the first of the Democratic presidential debates. Uh, 15 million folks watched it on NBC, Telemundo, and MSNBC. Okay, we'll talk about it. In Alabama, a black woman charged with manslaughter in the death of her unborn child. But here's what's crazy. Someone shot at her, but she's being charged with manslaughter. I told y'all LM folks out they damn mind. And a Florida police lieutenant and his crazy-ass white son go on a rampage against black folks in a restaurant for no reason whatsoever. Yes, that's our crazy-ass white people segment for today. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go.
The conservative Supreme Court 5-4 decision today that political partisan gerrymandering cases are outside the purview of federal courts. A major blow for those who try to challenge in court politically drawn district maps that are believed to be unconstitutional. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote in the court's majority opinion that, well, first and foremost, he said, mm, it's really not the court's purview to determine what really is political and what isn't. Really? Really, dude? That's, that's sort of what you came up with. Uh, again, the critical uh, people in that case, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, two, two last Supreme Court justices. It was uh, Kennedy, of course, who was there before Kavanaugh, who said he might find a way to rule that uh, uh, partisan gerrymandering, but of course, he's no longer on the court. The question now is, what happens next? Now, there are two other gerrymandering cases that will go before the Supreme Court, clearly based upon this ruling. They will likely say, we don't see it in that case. And just so you can understand how deep this is, show this graphic, please, folks, that we have here, to understand this. This was after, uh, you have the graphic ready? It was after the 2020 election. Just so you understand, partisan control over 2020's congressional redistricting. Okay, you see blue, Democrats, all right? That's 11%. That's their share of districts, okay? Republican, 40%. What is the key in this map? I want you to leave it up. The key is where most black people live. It's the South. Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, North Carolina, all of those places where Republicans control the legislature, and that's the key. Now, just so you can un understand why this is really a major issue. So if Republicans, if Republicans are controlling the legislature, they're controlling the drawing of districts. If they are controlling the drawing of districts, then they can make it harder for them to lose. Understand the games they're even using in Wisconsin, they use a computer algorithm to literally create, con create congressional districts that would guarantee their victory. New York Times did a story that said if Democrats received 55% of all votes statewide in Wisconsin, they would still be in the minority when it came to the seats. In the North Carolina case, and here's the deal, 13 congressional districts, 10 were drawn Republican, three were drawn Democrat. One of the Republicans who was asked, how did you arrive at 10 for the Republicans and three for the Democrats? They literally said, he literally said, we couldn't figure out how to give them less than three. What the Supreme Court has essentially said, is if you're in control of the legislature, you can do whatever you want and draw these districts any way you want to draw them. Joining us right now is Ashley Allison, Executive Vice President of Campaigns and Programs for the Leadership Conference uh, Education Fund. And of course, also uh, our panel here, uh, we have uh, Greg, uh, Greg Carr, of course, uh, Department of Afro-American Studies, the Chair of the Department of Afro-American Studies, Howard University, and Lauren Victoria Burke, of course, with NNPA. I want to start with you. Uh, I want to start with you also, Christian Clark, President and Executive Director, Lawrence Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, who also joins us 
Allison, I'll start with you. Actually, sorry, Ashley, I'm going to go start with you. Then I'm going to go to Christian. This is what this is what people don't quite understand here. Republicans have always understood since Brown versus Board of Education, since the various Civil Rights Acts of the 60s, that they have to control the courts. Their anger was due to the court's decisions in the 50s and 60s. Democrats forgot how vital the courts are. By them holding that seat, blocking Obama with Neil Gorsuch, that guaranteed a five to four conservative court. Then you bring in Kavanaugh that solidifies it, younger uh, opinion. That's real. And so for them, they this 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 was one of the key cases. They desperately wanted the, a conservative Supreme Court to affirm or 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 stop federal uh, courts from uh, joining into these or jumping into these uh, uh, gerrymandering cases. Absolutely. And I think your point about Democrats and Republicans and how they approach the court. One of the things that I always find most alarming is when Roy Moore was running for Senate. When people were being asked in Alabama why they wanted to vote for Roy Moore, right. and they would talk about the Supreme right. Court. They wanted to make sure they would secure a seat on the Supreme Court, and so they would be willing to elect a pedophile. So when we have a court, they and, that, and the Trump administration obviously thought that they would win in the court today on the census question also, because the census is directly command. Uh, related to gerrymandering. If you don't have an accurate count of how many people are actually living in this country, which is why they wanted the citizenship question on the questionnaire to have immigrants and people of color be afraid to fill it out, then when it goes to identifying how many people should be in districts uh, through uh, redistricting, which happens after the census, you lose power. Uh, Christian, this is, uh, this, the, the gerrymandering decision uh, is huge because essentially uh, it allows Republicans to do whatever they want. They can craft whatever districts they want. They can do whatever they want. And now what it does is uh, the only stop, the only place where you can stop them, basically what the Supreme Court is saying is the state Supreme Courts. Well, a lot of those are elected. So therefore, if you've got Republicans who are drawing the lines, who control the statewide, that's the case you have. Luckily, in North Carolina, Democrats now control the state Supreme Court. But the Republican legislature there they desperately tried to literally strip the state Supreme Court of most of their powers and give it to a lower court where Republicans hold a majority. That, that, people need to understand that's how devious they are operating when it comes to uh, the court system. They are trying to rig the system. No, no doubt today's decision is a devastating one for our democracy. And we have to remember that it's not just extreme partisan gerrymandering that's infecting our legislative maps across the country. It's also racial gerrymandering. Lawmakers are routinely looking for ways to dilute the power of the voices of people of color. And on top of all of this, we've got to remember that this will be the first redistricting cycle that's coming up without the full protections of the Voting Rights Act unless Congress acts now. All of this creates a perfect storm, which means that we will have a redistricting cycle in our country at every level, the local level, county level, state and federal level, where we are seeing maps that harm the interest of black people, Latinos and other people of color, uh, where, um, you know, they are, they are packing us into districts and 
um, rigging the lines in ways that are intended to silence us. So this is an issue that we have to speak up about now. Today's ruling issued by the court is a setback for our democracy. Tomas Lopez, executive director of Democracy North Carolina, also joins us. Tomas, how you doing? Good evening. Great to be here. It was Common Cause who actually uh, filed the lawsuit that went all the way up to the up to the Supreme Court. Luckily, in North Carolina, the state Supreme Court uh, has ruled here. Uh, so, but this has a devastating impact uh, for other states across the country. This is really troubling. Uh, one of the things that's really disappointing about the decision is that uh, Chief Justice Roberts's majority opinion actually acknowledges that partisan gerrymandering is a really bad thing. They say, I think they use the words uh, that it would it was incompatible with democratic principles. They cited another opinion to that effect, and yet at the same time they threw their hands up. And so we do have the states as an option, and that's certainly what we're going to go and pursue. But uh, it's a really powerful statement, you know, in the negative today to get the Supreme Court to say this. Um, Ashley, how do folks now respond? Obviously, um, you have, um, they've given the green light, essentially. Uh, now the only place to stop, so basically what they're saying is, and by, by this decision, what they're saying is no federal court now can intervene in any partisan gerrymandering. Well, people can respond, one, by voting. I mean, in the 2020 election, voting is going to be the most important thing. And it's not just for president, because the way these houses, the, the state district lines are being drawn also for state legislatures. So House, the Republicans made intentional efforts um, over the last 10 years to flip state after state after state house to make sure that they had control to draw the lines. So people need to be get, to get civically engaged by voting. They need to be engaged not just at the top, but all the way to the bottom of the ticket. Uh, they also need to be completing their census form. I mean, we are really disappointed that the court kicked the can or really just said, you know, um, uh, Justice Kagan read her dissent in the court today because she was so disappointed that the federal court did not feel like they should be playing a role in such an important constitutional matter for our country. Kristen, uh, again, when you so when you look at this ruling, essentially what it says is that you can't now go into federal court uh, and uh, go after partisan gerrymandering. Uh, I'm not hearing Christian, folks. We need people to understand that democracy involves more than showing up at the ballot box on Election Day. For democracy to work, we need to, as Allison notes, we need to turn out the count in 2020. We need to make sure that all of us are counted so that we have that data to work with when we go into redistricting. Then we need people to turn out for redistricting when it's happening in their communities. At the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, we are working on a program to empower communities to engage in the next round of redistricting. We need folks to turn out. We need them to speak up. We need to, them to turn up at the meetings and speak out about the ways in which the maps that are being proposed are wrong and unlawful and harm communities of color. Um, but you know, right now, we need to understand that our, our power extends well beyond the ballot box on Election Day. Tomas, um, the census question also was a critical one. And essentially what the court said is that, well, uh, we need to understand why the administration took the position they took. It's like, really? I'm sorry. You, have a, you, we, you literally have evidence 
of the guy who helped them do this who said, we're doing this to keep them from voting. And the court goes, ah, we need some more information. I think one of the feelings that we have today after the census ruling is that while the court uh, didn't do everything we wanted them to do, we are really glad that they didn't go ahead and just say, yes, this is okay. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are reasonably uh, feeling good that this has at least temporarily been put on hold. And I think the thing that it underscores, like Kristen said, is how much we need people to come out for an accurate count next year. We are going to have, over the next couple of years, a real window, a set of pivot points for our democracy. One is the census, the other is the election, and then you have the redistricting cycle that's shaped by both. And so even to the extent that people are discouraged by today's news, they don't feel great about today's news, there is an opportunity through your engagement, both in elections, but in that time between elections, to potentially make a difference that could shape the democracy for the next 10 years and beyond. Kristen, um, look, I know the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights is a nonprofit organization, nonpartisan. But the thing is, when, when people need to understand, and, and I would dare say those who do not want to support Republicans need to understand that the right makes the federal bench a major campaign issue. Them blocking Obama, appointing 100 judges. Trump has now appointed, what, 143 judges? Nearly all of them white, nearly most of them white males. Most, uh, nearly all of them very young because they want them to be there the next 30, 40, 50, potentially 60 years. And so if you care about and see all every issue that people say they care about, criminal justice reform, death penalty cases, climate change, mass incarceration, uh, I can go down the line. Every single one of those issues has a judicial piece tied to it. It's true. It's true. He's up to 123 appointments at this stage. And you're exactly right. Most of these judges are white, uh, overwhelmingly male, extremely radical, far outside the mainstream. And, um, you know, and, and they're keeping their foot on the gas. And McConnell is fully complicit in this scheme. Um, I think that right now there are four things we need to be talking about when it comes to democracy. We need a fair vote. We need to put an end to voter suppression and make sure that every voice can be heard in our elections. Two, we need a fair count in the upcoming decennial census. We need everyone to understand. We need churches to mobilize. We need the barbershops. We need the hair salons. Really getting communities of color to understand that they have to raise their hand and be counted in this upcoming census. Three, we need fair maps. We need to make sure that we turn out for this upcoming redistricting cycle and push back when lawmakers try to rig the maps in ways that silence us. And finally, we need fair courts. We need to understand it's not just the Supreme Court, that federal courts are putting in place precedents that shape our lives. These judges are literally making decisions that can be life and death for us, when you talk about issues like the death penalty, um, unless we speak up and bring pressure to bear, uh, we will not get our democracy back on track. Tomas Lopez, final comment. The big picture here is that our courts are critical, but enduring change relies on people, and it relies on people taking part in the political process, and all of us working to ensure that the process in which they're taking part, and that their participation is actually meaningful. Ashley, final comment. 
Don't be disappeared. Be counted in the census. Go vote. Make your voice heard. It's all connected. Don't let Trump win. Ashley, Tomas, Kristen, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We come back. We'll talk about this with our panel uh, next, right here, Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. As Roland Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. All right, folks, our unfiltered panel, Quadricos Driscoll, adjunct professor at the George Washington University, Long Victoria Burke, NNPA, Dr. Greg Carr, chair, Department of Afro-American Studies, Howard University. Uh, Greg, here's what's interesting. So I'm sitting here, uh, I'm, I'm looking at YouTube, and I'm looking at our message board, and I got all these people here going, see, this court decision is why we need H.R. 40, why we need reparations. Okay, to all y'all who keep saying that, <laughs> Let me try my best to explain to you why you don't understand a damn thing about civics. Whatever, if Congress even went there, is going to get challenged, which means it's going to go through the court system. Which means that if the court system is filled with another 100 or 200 uh, Trump appointees, you do know what that means, what their positions are likely going to be. So to act as if this makes no sense, you're not understanding politics. I just told you that the Supreme Court has said that the federal courts have no role in determining partisan gerrymandering. Okay, oh foolish ones, what that means is if you want to now deal with partisan gerrymandering, you must now deal with state Supreme Courts. So, when you say H.R. 40, what the hell does the H.R. stand for, Lauren? House Resolution. Do you know what the House is? The U.S. House. The U.S. House. So that means if you want reparations in Georgia, and you want to deal with gerrymandering? Congress has nothing to do with it. Your Georgia Supreme Court is the only one now that could rule partisan gerrymandering as being unconstitutional. That's right. As being illegal. That's right. Against the state constitution. That's right. If you're in North Carolina or Mississippi or Alabama or Tennessee or Georgia, if you're in North Carolina, if you're in South Carolina, if you're in Florida, if you're in Texas, if you're in Arkansas, the federal courts are no longer the place to go to deal with gerrymandering. That's right. So I need y'all who want to just keep throwing out H.R. 40, reparations, to understand that if you don't have individuals 
in the legal system, on the bench, who might affirm that, you're not going to get it. It all goes together. And that that, that is what is, is, is just nuts to me, Greg, while we got these, in the words of my man Denzel, an American gangster, okay, and I'm going to say it, is these simple Simon motherfuckers <laughs> simple Simon. who don't understand basic civics and how H.R. 40 ain't got jack to do with what happens in your state right. when it comes down to gerrymandering. No, sir. Well, they don't teach civics in the high schools anymore, right. brother. So, you know, it, it, they're not alone. They're not alone. Our people suffer for a lack of knowledge. Every time I hear, I cringe when I hear any of our, our brethren or sisters talk about our democracy. Uh, we've never had a democracy. Uh, I'm encouraged by today's rulings, quite frankly. John Roberts, who has always been a joke of sorts, is trying desperately to hold on to the threadbare legitimacy of the federal bench in the Supreme Court. That's why he postponed the census question until um, they have an issue that is justicable. Because, see, what they didn't have before them today was, was the, the right case. Exactly. And that case is now going to work its way through the courts. Right. Um, <clears throat> the, the census issue involved Title III standing. Uh, I think about the Title III briefs of Amari Obadelli. Uh, from the Republic of New Africa, he and his brother, Gaidi Obadelli, that talked about the fact that African people in this country would never ask whether or not we wanted to be citizens or, or, or not between the 13th and 14th Amendment. It may seem a little out there, but what you're speaking to, Roland, is something that Minister Farrakhan addressed on Saturday night. We were all together at the National Coalition uh, of Blacks for Reparations in America, the Encobra Conference in, in Detroit. And he said, you know, they stole an election from the sister in Georgia. And they stole one from the brother in Florida, of course, talking about Stacey Abrams, talking about Andrew Gillum. But he said, we can control some of these states. And if we control some of these states, we've got enough great lawyers who can be judges in these states. And so when you're talking about what essentially Samuel Alito lost his mind because he couldn't figure out a way to get at the Pennsylvania Supreme Court when they knocked that precisely out, you know, but because the, the states are not the federal government. This, this, I'm encouraged today for this reason. When Charlie Houston and Constance Baker Motley and Thurgood Marshall and them fought against these racists in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, which laid the foundation for that great civil rights legislation that Jeff Sessions and Bill Barr and all these open white supremacists like this racist uh, Mitch McConnell have bristled at trying to roll back. When I hear our friends say, you know, this is a, an attack on our democracy and it was a blow against our democracy, I kind of laugh inside. The United States of America isn't guaranteed to exist as a country. And when we start talking about states' rights, what we're talking about to bring all this together is when you make a decision today that you're going to turn your back on the idea of a national entity called America in favor of this open racist gerrymandering, they say racial gerrymandering is illegal, but political gerrymandering is okay. But John Roberts, in all of his uh, infinite wisdom, this joke, uh, seems to have forgotten that the whole line of gerrymandered cases, Shaw versus Reno, and all the cases that come through have have been founded in the idea that much of what is called a political gerrymander is really a racial gerrymander. And what had happened in North Carolina was so blatantly racist that the lower court said that this is, in fact, a racial gerrymander. John Roberts thinks he did something cute today, but what he did was pull the thread on perhaps the ending of the federal policy. Let's just control some states and let this thing pass called the United States. And, 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 that's the, and, and that's the piece, Lauren, that again, and, and look, first of all, if... Constitution, constitution about states' rights, federal rights. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what? So so what? What John Roberts basically said is the federal courts have no place in determining this, which now means okay, right? State supreme court. Right. You're now that's right. the final 
decider right. of this. Well, all true. I, I agree with it all. But you have to understand, too, that even when you have power and when you have the right people in place, you have to act on that power. And unfortunately, the Democratic Party has not figured that out yet, as we saw with Merrick Garland and Gorsuch, where you had the right people in place. You had a Democratic president. You have everybody awake. That's you've right. got, And yet, you know, because the Republicans are better at wielding power when they have it and shameless about it when they wield it, you see what you see what's happening with Donald Trump, right? He wanted to put a question on the census. Now, keep in mind, in the Constitution, obviously, we have to count everybody. Now he's talking about delaying the session, session, uh, census over this. It's shameless. It's gangster. It's right out in front. Right. And you still it's have the Democrats. Right. right. And that's unconstitutional. <laughs> you have the Democrats right. trying to figure out whether or not they want to bring up impeachment or not, trying to figure out basically whether or not they want to wield power. So at some point, because they're starting to get extrajudicial. Yes. Right. So we are in a space where even we have the right people in place, if you don't wield that power, none of that matters. <laughs> All right, so, so the Democratic Party needs to fight fire with fire. Court Dreykos, like uh, yes. do you like today's Supreme Court ruling? Yes. <laughs> uh, I have sort of mixed opinions, but essentially I, I agree everything uh, Brother Greg said. I mean, this is just it's racial gerrymandering. I think on the census question particularly, you know, the court kicked it back to the lower courts, right? It, it's, it's a murky decision. And he, he, I love how he phrased it. He thought it was doing something cute, but he kicks it back to the courts, to the lower courts. He says, I agree with certain parts. I disagree with other parts. And so here we left. Furthermore, this administration said he's going to delay the census. Our president doesn't know the Constitution. He doesn't understand civics, to your point. So, nor does he care for the most part. So he, he can't do that. So this, the Supreme Court decisions today, I think, leaves, continues to leave our country on a uh, silk thread. Well, we say he can't do that. Right. They stole a seat on the U.S. Supreme Court already. Two. What, what well, makes yeah. us think we, that they wouldn't try well, for, and, and, for and delaying the, and, the census? And, and this is the thing that, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm purposely trying to walk a lot of you through this um, um, so you understand, because I keep saying on this show, we have to connect the dots. Yes, sir. What you have to understand is that, uh, guys, if y'all, if the, can you pull that map back up? If you can't, I'll pull it up out here. But let me know if, let me know if you can pull that map up. The reason this map is important, the reason it's important for you to understand this, because this is where black people are. That's right, brother. Right. Follow me here, folks. When we talk about gerrymandering, and again, you're not going to have folks explain this to you on these cable networks because they don't want to do that. Whoever controls the legislature draws not just congressional districts, but the state districts. They draw state senate districts, state representative districts, which means that what they'll do is they will draw the state districts in their favor so they can maintain control, which is why Republicans have a supermajority in Florida. Democrats can't do jack. They used to have a supermajority in North Carolina. Until the last election, Democrats were able to convince these white folks, like, yo, y'all getting screwed too. They've got supermajorities in a number of places. What does that mean? That means they can pass whatever they want. Democrats can't do jack. They can yell, scream, do whatever. So the gerrymandering thing, folks, ain't about Congress. 
is really about the state seats. So if you were able to draw competitive state seats, you're likely not to see whether they are red or blue, Democrat or Republican. You're likely not to see one party ruling the legislature. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. And so this is critically important for people to understand that for all you simple Simons <laughs> who sit your asses at home, who don't vote, but bitch about issues, <laughs> if you don't vote for your state rep, and you don't, don't vote for your state senator, those are the people who are drawing the districts, not the members of Congress. The state representative and the state senator is drawing the very district, the member of Congress. The member of Congress has no power whatsoever in the drawing of their own congressional district. That's right. Right, and which is why it's particularly dangerous that we have a political party that's entertaining Russia, infiltrating our elections and having no problem with that, and starting to now get into the business of being okay with election interference on that micro level. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know about the details in Florida because they won't tell us. But, 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 anyway. but also, again, for you simple Simon-ass people <laughs> who really get on my nerves <laughs> when it comes to this stuff, what you have to understand is not just even the question of who is now drawing the districts. It now then goes to what Republicans are doing, and again, if you can be a Republican, that's fine with me, but prove to me I'm wrong when in Michigan, the voters right. put it on the ballot, a state, a, a state amendment, a ballot initiative for there to be an independent commission to draw the districts, and Republicans say, ah, we're going to ignore that. Right. All right. Well, right. because they're going to ignore it. You, I mean, you, you keep they, referring to the, the simple Simons, right? I, fundamentally, this issue of states' rights goes back to the very founding of our country, right? When we think about civil rights, excuse me, when we think about the Civil War, all the way up to the Dixiecrats, right? It's always been this control of the states, right? Because who they have, want to control slavery. Right. They, they want to slavery. slavery. Right. And they, to this day, they still want to control us. Right. So we have to be very clear on what they're doing. This is a issue. This is historical. This has been since the beginning of time. Right. So it's really history is just repeating itself and it looks differently. And to your point is that we have to be educated enough and Democrats have to be right. equally sly and political about gaining control and focusing on the Supreme Court and the court system. Yeah, because As Republicans a great, 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 but I got, I got to go great with anything. You made a great point about in terms of from the beginning, federal rights and states' rights. Right. This is also why, again, y'all want to, if, 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 you, if you support reparations, that's fine. But here's what you need to also be understanding. Greg, and let's speak to this. When you talk about that whole states' rights piece, that very issue goes specifically to slavery. What that was about was we are not going to let the federal folks Tell us what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Now, 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 let's let's go forward. Right. Right. Dred Scott decision. That was Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You go forward to the Civil Rights Act of 1875. The Supreme Court, eight to one decision, invalidates that. That's right. And but then says, y'all who ain't read a damn thing, 
Supreme Court literally said Congress could not, does not have the power right. mm -hmm. to end segregation. segregation. Right. That's right. right. Because they said it was a state right. rights. That's right. right. Now we go through 92 years of Jim Crow. States can do whatever the hell they want to do mm -hmm. when it comes to education, when it comes to busing, when it comes to everything. How does it get dismantled? Lawsuits, federal court, black folks go, no, no, no. If Trailways goes from Georgia into Florida, interstate, com interstate commerce, right. ah, then it changes. Right. Then conservatives say, damn, now they got us. And if y'all understand the system, it was because of Brown v. Board of Education. First of all, there were two, Brown 1 and Brown 2. Because of those Civil Rights Act, when you had the creation of all of these right-wing think tanks. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the creation, Greg, was solely to how do we ensure the courts never do this again? Absolutely. Well, Roland, you've, you've just laid out the roadmap for how we beat this. We've got to be smart. Mm -hmm. And to be smart, we have to study. This isn't about hashtags or social media or disruptive technology or making the right movie or hitting the heartstrings. You see, there's never been a United States of America. Anybody who says that there has been, I know you got a digital platform now. Let's just lay it out for hour upon hour. I dare anybody to show me where there has been. What there's been is a settler state that has extended itself over a continent. And slavery was a compromise made between those areas in that settler state that didn't need it did they need directly and those that did. That's where the Electoral College came from. Dred Scott was never completely overturned in the legal sense because Roger Taney created a notion of national and state-based identity. He says a citizen is a citizen of the state they're in and of the United, United States, States, as if there's something different. That's how he was able to create basically a federal blackness. But the Brown decision really turns on foreign policy. America couldn't keep doing what it was doing to black people as it was attempting to go out there and colonize the world in the wake of World War II. So what you have is a certain arbitrariness in federal court decisions. That's why dissents are important. Just like they talked about Justice Harlan's dissent in Plessy in the Brown case, the dissents that we see today, the one that Kagan read from the bench, for example, if the politics changes, that will become the majority, that will become law. And that's why we have to understand that we're looking at the, at the legal universe, the American legal universe, as if it's mathematics. It's not math. This is politics. So you can't follow it from 1787 when they ratified the federal constitution to 2019 like these things make sense. They don't so make sense. It's this is a racial gerrymander right. that they had the votes to overturn, so they decided to do it. Mm -hmm. But don't try to make this make sense in the wake of what has happened before. You just keep participating, and when you bang on them enough, you will be able to reverse this. But quit acting like you live in a country where they give a damn. Mitch McConnell's a white supremacist, and Russians and anybody else that will get him to his goal, He'll take well, it. first of all, the Russians are also white supremacists. No, right? and, here's the, and, here, and here's the piece here, Lauren. When you talk about fighting, now, and I, I'm reading some of y'all comments. Y'all like, oh, <laughs> Roland's trying to get us to vote Democrat. No, I'm trying to get you to vote common damn sense. When did you say that? Please, Roland. Right. I'm trying to get you to vote issues. This is very simple. Come on. This, this is real simple for me. <laughs> this is real simple. If I support civil rights and Professor Driscoll don't support civil rights. I don't give a damn 
what the letter is, yes. <laughs> I support civil rights. Yes. So I'm going to ask the question. Yes. Do you support civil rights? Right, yes. Right. If the person says no, I ain't voting for your ass. This ain't hard. Now, <laughs> if it happened to me more Democrats who support civil rights and more Republicans who don't support civil rights, who the hell you think I'm going to vote for? Bro, let, let me, the one support civil rights. Let me make, let me make this point, because you, you today, with this immigration bill that just passed the Senate, who did we see that voted no against that bill when it first came on the floor in the House? It was Ocasio-Cortez, it was Ayanna Presley, it was Ilhan Omar, and it was Rashida Tlaib. Now, they are Democrats, but what they said is, you can't just give money to Donald Trump. He's not going to spend it for the children. you got to take these D's and R's off. What is your interest? And, and, and look, look, look right, Democrats, sorry. Lauren, passed an election bill today. Yes. 184 people voted against it. How many of those were Republican? Yeah. All of them? Right. Only one Republican. Come on. Out of Florida, whose district the Russians uh, access, <laughs> right. voted right. for paper ballots. Right. Now, again, I'm going to say this again for you simple Simon motherfuckers. Because <laughs> I'm tired of this. Unfiltered. I'm tired of y'all. I'm tired of y'all with this silly ass, oh, uh, who ain't done this with an agenda? Let me explain it again, because y'all are clueless. <laughs> Donald Trump put on the federal bench for life mm. a white woman who is 35 years old. From Georgia. She yes. has, yes. she <laughs> graduated <laughs> law school Come on, Come 11 on. years ago. <sighs> that woman has a federal appointment for life. He appointed a white man in his 30s who has never in his life filed a legal brief. Let me unpack that again. This man has never filed a legal brief. Do you know how basic a legal brief is for lawyers? That man is now on the federal bench for life. So if y'all simple signings really want to sit here and play around with Donald Trump potentially being here for four more years, let me unpack it one last time before I go to Lauren. The woman who's 35. What did I tell y'all? 2043. America will be a nation, majority people of color. Did I tell y'all that? Okay. That's 24 years from now. Do the math. She's 35. Plus 24. That means she'll be 59. Let me help y'all further. Judge Damon Keith. Phenomenal judge just died. He was 96. Mm. Let's say she lived to she 96. That means that when America becomes a nation majority people of color, that white far right wing woman will be on the federal bench mm. another 37 mm. years. But some of y'all want to sit here and play games when it comes to voting, Lauren.
Yeah. Well, the Republicans, again, on this this version of the Republican Party understands what uh, <laughs> hey, what, Very good point. what power and control and is. And this is by design. Yeah, and they're willing to do anything to control the game. And they're going to massively resist. I mean, when you see when you see an administration be in contempt of Congress and tell their people not to talk to anybody with mm -hmm. no shame, they're now crossing over into a, a ignore a, a subpoena. Line. Right? I mean, like the law doesn't mean anything. Ignore subpoena. We don't care. Once we arrive at the tipping point where they start to realize that they're outnumbered, and you saw, you know, this entire presidency with Donald Trump has been about effectively has been about race. I mean, he said it before he even entered office, and now he's. You know, he's he's trying to implement policy to marginalize the largest uh, the largest minority group in the country. I am just I, it it and again, I'm, Greg. People don't understand. I ain't dissing reparations. No, I'm not dissing you demanding stuff from Democrats. I'm not dissing the demanding of a black agenda. But what I am doing is thinking a hell of a lot bitter, bigger than some of you small-minded ass people. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, Greg, we can't say, oh, we we care about civil rights. We care about this while they over here putting people in power who will rule against every single one of those things. And what they don't understand is the politician might get voted out. That legal ruling That's right. is law. That's right. Is precedent. That's right. Absolutely. And the courts right. are loath to overturn precedent. That's right. All right. That's why I'm like, y'all, this thing is well, way well, bigger. It, it starts, though, with that election of getting that person in, just like right. you said before. That's right. But, but I'm telling you, right. no, it's the, the Democratic Party needs to understand right. that they need to wield power in a right. different way. Which is why, against what they're which is against. why and, and they again, don't have that understanding. Again, a whole bunch of y'all still mad at me for calling Obama out. For right. appointing Mary Garland. Right. Exactly. And I don't give a damn what y'all think. Exactly. It, he mm -hmm. should have picked a black woman because you know why? Mm -hmm. He should have created the damn tension. Right. The tension well, of right. a historic right. appointment of a black woman. Right. First in history. Right. In a Leah just, Sears. See, y'all don't understand. <laughs> well, in the right. history right. of America, right. this is with, with Mary Garland. One hundred and nine people served on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. 104 were white men. Had Obama picked a sister, in my estimation, I agree. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Professor Driscoll, my right. estimation, yeah. the tension would have been old white men mm -hmm. not right. even meeting with We would have sister. seen, what, right. 1992 right. over again. That, that, that right. would have been, <laughs> right. you would have had months of, That's right. what the mm -hmm. hell are y'all doing? Right. And the reveal then, was he was trying to accommodate Mitch right. McConnell right. Right. and Orrin Hatch. And I believe, right. I believe, right. I believe, right. I believe, I believe it would have further pissed off sisters. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. It would have pissed off right. black men. Sure. Right. It would have pissed off women. Mm -hmm. And you would have had Brown people. this energy. Right. Like, yes. how y'all not even going to interview right. the first black woman appointed? Right. I believe that would have played a huge role in That's November. Right. That was his last right. term. And God. <laughs> Sent you manna from heaven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when he, the Lord, and I'm invoking the Lord, mm -hmm. the Lord mm -hmm. said, President Obama, Paul Ryan's sister in law, come mm -hmm. on, yeah. is a black woman All right. who oh. you already appoint to the federal bench. Right. Yo, 
But, Do you understand how perfect right. the sister-in-law to the Republican Speaker of the House could have been appointed to the Supreme Court and he would have had to go, do I say my sister-in-law, who's already a federal judge, shouldn't get a meeting? It was sit. No, he picked the old white guy. I'm, Bar Barack, Barack, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because, because Barack Obama believes in America. Didn't want to play but hardball. Right. But, he, right. not, but that's, right. not, that's, exactly. not, his, that's not his character. Exactly. You see, and that's one of the reasons why I am encouraged but about this it? political time. Well, well I'm, saying, I'm saying that, you know, since there has never really been an American concept, these Negroes who think that somehow they can appeal to somebody's conscience or right. sense of national right. interest. And Barack Obama, it wasn't his character. It's not his temperament. He can't, he, he can't ball his fist up. And so he did what his temperament led him to believe he should do. And he didn't miscalculate on who Mitch McConnell and them were. He's willing to risk it all, which in this case includes us as hostages in his right. worldview. Right. But let's be very clear about this. Because a lot of people talk about reparations. Now, I'm glad we're talking about it, but they don't understand the history of reparations. They don't even understand the political strategies of reparations. One of the reasons why the five-state articulation was made by Mario Odelli, the Republic of New Africa, New African People's Organization, was that reparations isn't about asking somebody for anything. Reparations is about out of a position of strength making a demand. Now, once you have political control over some states, Mississippi, Alabama, almost majority people of African descent now in Mississippi, mm -hmm. if you seize political control, and mind you, these are Gulf Coast states. They got ports in Mobile, New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, reparations becomes feasible in part because the federal government going to have to make a decision. Do you want these people to exercise control over their lives locally? And let me just say this very quickly. As long as Alabama, I know the story, you know, you know the sister who got shot and then her baby died, they're going to charge her. Right. Alabama wants to be a Jim Crow state? Yes. Y'all yeah. stop playing football for the University of Alabama. You go. Watch how fast they start changing these There you laws. go. Right. We have to right. now right. become... There are other SEC right. schools right. to go to. That right. is exactly right. right. We have right. to now be smart. And right. Barack Obama, God bless him, as brilliant as he was as his terms of his capability... His lack of courage, and yes, the man did not have a lack of courage. He, I mean, man had a lack of courage. His lack of courage cost black people in this country. Mm -hmm. So we have to hold him to account for what he did. That was just not only a missed opportunity, but that opportunity is going to come back around again. Right. And we got to stop acting like, oh, this was a tragedy. Stop right. all that victim language right. and seize the political control of exactly. your life. Y'all, exactly. right. this is about see, I don't power. Hold on one second. This is about power. Last night, of course, right. the mm -hmm. first tier Democrats mm -hmm. had their debate. Uh, and here's a roundup mm -hmm. of what they talked about last night. Bernie on Medicare for All, and let me tell you why. I've spent a big chunk of my life studying why families go broke, and one of the number one reasons is the cost of health care, medical bills, and that's not just for people who don't have insurance, it's for people who have insurance. Look at the business model of an insurance company. It's to bring in as many dollars as they can in premiums and to pay out as few dollars as possible for your health care. That leaves families with rising premiums, rising co-pays, and fighting with insurance companies to try to get the health care that their doctors say that they and their children need. Medicare for All solves that problem. And I understand. There are a lot of politicians who say, oh, it's just not possible, we just can't do it, it's have a lot of political reasons for this. What they're really telling you is they just won't fight for it. Well, health care is a basic human right, and I will fight for basic human rights. <laughs>
I'm going to use 20 of my seconds just to say there's one thing we don't all agree with when it comes to guns, and I think it's common sense, and over 70% of Americans agree with me. If you need a license to drive a car, you should need a license to buy and own a firearm. And not everybody in this field agrees with that, but in states like Connecticut that did that, they saw 40% drops in gun violence and 15% drops in suicides. We need to start having bold agendas on guns. When it comes to the Supreme Court, very clearly, we, I agree with my friend, uh, Secretary Castro, we are going to get to 50 votes in the Senate. This is a team sport. Whoever is our nominee needs to campaign in places like South Carolina, because we can elect Jamie Harrison. They need to campaign in places like Iowa, because we, we can win a Senate seat there. This is about getting us back to having 50 votes in the Senate and more, so that we can not only balance the Supreme Court, but start to pass an aggressive agenda that, frankly, isn't so aggressive because most of America agrees with the policy objectives of our party. Vamos a tratar cada persona con el respeto y dignidad que merecen como humanos. We would not turn back Valeria and her father Oscar. We would accept them into this country and follow our own asylum laws. We would not build walls. We would not put kids in cages. In fact, we would spare well, no expense to reunite the families a lot of that have been families. separated already. Congressman, and we would not criminally would prosecute any family because who is fleeing violence for the repeal and of persecution. We would make sure... Secretary, let him finish, and I will give you this policy. Let, let him finish. Let him finish, please. Yes. We would not detain any family fleeing violence, in fact, fleeing the deadliest countries on the face of the planet today. We would implement a family case management program so they could be cared for in the community at a fraction of the cost. And then we would rewrite our immigration laws in our own image, free dreamers forever from any fear of deportation by making them U.S. citizens here in this country, invest in solutions in Central America work. Okay, I, I can't play no more of that. I can't play no more of that. Oh, and here's why. I, I, I just want y'all to understand something, okay? I know. Look, my staff, I appreciate y'all. They put together a nice five-and-a-half-minute roundup. That's too damn long, okay? It's going to be a debate tonight. Hey, y'all, it's going to be another debate in two weeks. Then they're going to have another. They're going to have a debate every single month between now and, I think, April, okay? So let, let me also, just so y'all understand, I put this tweet out. And, this is, and, and again, look, I know 15 million people saw the debate last night. I appreciate that. I understand but I need, I need to show y'all this because you, you need to understand how this stuff must stay in perspective in, ter in terms of what's going on. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward. It was a tweet. Uh, and here it is. Okay. Go to my iPad, please. This was a tweet that was sent out by this. And it says, polling at this point in the GOP race in 2015. <laughs> Jeb Bush, 22%. Scott Walker, 17 Marco Rubio, 14 Ben Carson. Uh, is 11, Mike Huckabee 9, Rand Paul 7, Rick Perry 5, Ted Cruz 4, Chris Christie 4, Carly Fiorina 2, Donald Trump 1%. Mm. Do y'all understand? What I'm trying to explain to you is a whole lot of stuff is going to change. I right. could pull up polling numbers from 2007 at this point showing Barack Obama down 25 plus points to Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. a I'm just letting y'all know right. A lot's going to change between now and January. Mm -hmm. Most of these folks are going to be dropping out, okay? People down there, 1%. De Blasio, he ain't going to be there. Delaney, he ain't going to be there. Swalwell, he ain't going to be there. All the people going to be gone. Just let y'all know that, okay? Look, and it's some nice people, but they ain't going to make it. So we ain't about to spend a whole lot of time going over one debate when it's going to be 18 more between now and January. But, Lauren, I want to go to you. This is the thing that I 
so what I did see last night, which I think has to continue, because I think this is where the Democrat electorate is, you have to also understand the animal you're running against. This ain't time for love. <laughs> in, in words, in fact, uh, Erica Alexander, I'm going to pull it up. Uh, uh, I'm, actually, I'm just going to play it for y'all, because I remember y'all play, played it before. She broke down where we are. Democrats have to assume a fighting posture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All this bullshit of Joe Biden, oh, no, I'll be able to work with them once Trump gone. They, no, 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 no. This is called when we take over. That's right. Yeah. We about to take over. This well, means that if we take control of the Senate, mm -hmm. y'all ain't, we, we, we about to run, a, we about to run a, a train, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a speed train. I thought you gonna read that. Come, come, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying. It's one of the they, reasons. They have to assume a fighting posture. Yeah, right. it's one of the reasons why paying attention to these 20 people, though tedious at this point, it does matter because you do have to figure out which one of these 20 people can get on the stage with Donald Trump and at least equal him in speed and ferocity to a point where they can and win the election. And embarrass him. Right. right. And you see Biden, of course, trying to appeal to some of the Trump voters. You saw Delaney last night try the same thing, which is sort of <laughs> comical. Uh, and, and, of course, Ryan from Ohio. And, and to me, I'm just looking at the people who I think can take on Donald Trump, which actually ends up being Warren and de Blasio and uh, people who can get out there and really match him. Because if Trump stays in that White House another four years, we got a huge, oh. huge problem. Because first of all, uh, <laughs> he's going to be, y'all think this unfiltered. Right. <laughs> Greg, Greg, I want to go to you and I'm going to go to uh, Professor Driscoll. Here's the a, here's a piece, Dr. Carr, that, that I think is, is, is critically, critically important when you talk about fighting. It's not that I'm going to get in the gutter with Trump. But what it is is I'm going to stand on the edge of that gutter, gutter and kick your ass in the head. No question. I ain't going to get down there. See, I, I think other Democrats go, um, I don't even just want to go. No, mm -hmm. I want to. I'm like, all that. When look, they go low, I, we look, go I know high. Michelle Obama yeah, said we go low, we go high. Yeah, no, no, yeah. hell no. No. <laughs> right. when, you, when, you in, when you in a fight. Right, right. Right. And if there's a tie iron sitting right here. Right. On, you don't go, well, no, we should punch with our hands. No, no, no. I want to knock your ass out. Absolutely. I'm going to grab a tie iron, a two by four. I'm gonna grab a pipe, anything to end this fight. That's how Republicans play. Oh, no question. And D Donald right. Trump is the worst kind of human being. He's deeply insecure. He's a racist. He's a sexist, which is why an Elizabeth Warren just gets under his skin in a visceral way. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Now, and, and what she did by leading out yesterday, although she kind of faded an hour too when she didn't jump in it as much, her opening statement almost folded in just about every note you want to hear. Right. The non-white populations, the, the attacking the corporations. And she not only matches Trump, she exceeds him. Her mere presence offends him. He hates women. Right. Right. Her, and when she opens her mouth, she's a college professor. So unlike Bernie Sanders, who I think also kind of rankles him, but Elizabeth Warren, he has no answer for Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. A Warren Booker ticket, for example. I First think all, he can not beat Warren Booker. Look, look, I think look, that's just I, what I, 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 I think. Oh, I think. Oh, oh, I think oh, Warren, Warren Harris. You saw how Jeff Sessions was pissed with Harris. I mean, it goes back to your earlier point, right? Fundamentally, I think going up against a woman of color... That's true. Would, yeah. It would irritate Trump to, to no end. It's true. Yeah. And I think 
Senator Harris could not only hold her own, she's articulate, she's smart, she knows the issues, she was a prosecutor, right? So she can obviously appeal to that middle America because she has some, maybe some issues in her background that she might have to clear yeah, up I'm not sold on Kamala Harris. But, but mm -hmm. I, I do fundamentally think that she could go up against Trump because that's what he's going to need. That's what he's going to need. But, but also, but also I also, I, I think that, I and, that. And, and this is the thing that, that also, Lauren, I, I heard I heard Congressman Tim Ryan or Stephanie Rule on MSNBC today. Yeah, and, and look, mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. Ryan's a nice guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. I talked to him many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we've texted, we've talked. Yeah, and Ryan's talked telling her about our messages muddled. We need this, we need that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> but you ain't done it. Right. <laughs> right. I said to him directly, do it. Yeah. Like, what the hell you waiting on? Right. Do it. Right. And it's like, no, this is holding on. I don't. And I'm going, no, no, no. I think also what this thing requires, I mean, and I've said this directly to Senator Bernie Sanders, mm -hmm. and Warren's doing it. Right. It's also going to require a Democratic candidate to go to white folks and say, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know y'all ass is broke. Yeah. Well, see, it, right, see, I mean, right. That, that, that's RFK, what it. Right, right. The RFK spirit. But see, the other thing, too, is it's going to require Obama-level turnout. So inherently, mm. your top of ticket or bottom of ticket is going to probably be a person of color, and frankly, it, a black it person. It fundamentally has it's to be It's got to be energy, right. and right. it's got to right. overtake all the suppression. Right. So the level of turnout's got to overtake the suppression issue. But also, you're going to have to have somebody out. And this is why Joe Biden, I think, is not going to be the nominee. Yeah. You have got to be, have somebody who is fearless, who is smart, and who is fast out there, and who is willing to get, I frankly think, in the gutter with Donald Trump. Yes. I mean, no, I'm no. not saying you're That's what I'm saying. That, I ain't got it. Okay. What I'm saying is, if this the gutter, I'm saying, I'm saying, if this is the gutter, I ain't getting down. I ain't getting down there, no, but I'm gonna. And, and then, yeah, wait, she, then she I'm gonna get a stick. Right. And I ain't getting down there, but I'm gonna punch the end of gut. That's right. what it is. Right. So do you and think, almost do you all think of a woman can win, though? I don't yes. think a completely you, woman you think ticket a, 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 I am not a believer that you need a white male on that ticket. Hold on. First of all, I'm the same way. Hold on. I'm the same way. No, no, I do not believe you have a white male. Right. Because, again, again, I think what you. Let's remember. Hillary Clinton got three million more right. votes than Trump. Right, right. Sure. Let's right. just go there. The problem was Hillary two, Clinton, right. who wasn't two, a candidate, still got more than three million. Two, two, <laughs> right. two what happened, two what happened, Good point. is that Robbie Mook right. ran a right. shitty campaign. Exactly. <laughs> they, exactly. They were stuck in their iPads. Right. Mm -hmm. they, right. They didn't understand what happened on the ground mm -hmm. in Michigan and Wisconsin right. and Pennsylvania. Right. They poured all that money in Ohio. Well, they got their ass waxed by 450,000 votes. Right. Y'all, when right. you lose by 450,000 <laughs> votes, whatever polling your ass was doing, right. those people should never work right. in politics again. Exactly. But the, so, the, so I think, so this whole notion of American woman elected woman president, will there be men who will not vote for a woman? Yes. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, and I've said it, because I, I thought she should have run in 2016, mm -hmm. and I think we're seeing it, and I'm telling y'all, the, the difference with Warren, he'll try to hit, his, hit her with Pocahontas. Mm -hmm. But the difference with Warren is, she will look him in the eye and she say, "I've been fighting men just like you, my yeah. whole mm -hmm. life." Yes, right, she right. See, you can see. Right. That, that's true. And remember that Warren, Biden, Biden right. is gonna, you know, this whole congenial. Dip, now Biden, I'm trying to. Biden is going to sell, I'm a white guy, and so I should go up Middle against America. this other white guy, right. and I should appeal to Trump voters. Mm -hmm. He's going to sell that. But the problem is, of course, if you remember, 
Sanders, Bernie Sanders was polling over Trump. Warren is basically a female version of Sanders, but she's a lot sharper, sharper and, right. and, and quicker than he is. Mm -hmm. And I think, frankly, a, a little bit more of a, I think she's more incisive in her attacks and in her, in her yeah. way of just sort of presenting during a debate. That I, I think right. Trump is going to have a problem with him. She was definitely so you know, smart. Right. So so tonight, tonight, we'll see what happens tonight, of course. You're going to have uh, Biden on stage, Sanders on stage, Senator Kamala Harris on stage. Uh, you're going to have Williamson and Yang on stage. Well, All the hell like they that. are, right. I, I just, but, but again, I, I, just think, I just think where folks are now, this is really, uh, and, and some of y'all, I'm, I'm seeing these comments, y'all need to understand, I ain't playing. Y'all need to understand, I, we ain't playing games here. I, this is not right. about the next three or four years. That's right. Y'all yeah. yeah. need to understand. Take some time. Literally. Seriously. I need y'all to understand why, on, why I use Trump Lives Matter, why I use We Tried to Tell You the Hashtag, why I hold this man in contempt, why you do not hear me ever refer to him as president or mister because he does not deserve those titles because he has no respect. I'm trying to get y'all to understand that what we are dealing with literally, literally, is the future of the country. Yep. Right. What we're dealing with ain't the next four years. No. It's literally, literally right. the next 25 to 50. I will be 74 in the year 2043. Mm. Inshallah. Mm -hmm. You make it. Black men ain't guaranteed. I'm just letting y'all know. <laughs> right now, my dad is 72. Come on. Mm -hmm. I'll be 73. Do you actually think... I want to see an America that's now a majority of people of color mm. and the Republicans have locked in power for the next century. Mm. Again, this ain't about Republican Democrat. This is about issues. This is about the planet. It's about power. This is about so, education. This is about, power. this is about civil rights. That's right. I can go down the whole line. Inslee made the point. This is about climate change. Mm -hmm. This this is a short right. planet, <laughs> Seriously. And right. folks are sitting there running around thinking like, oh, you know, okay, I hear you, but this really ain't important. No, no. Bro, I'm if, not if, playing if, that game. If you live in Miami, if you live in New York City, and little Miami, little Haiti in Miami, for example, mm -hmm. now they realize that's prime real estate because as the water rises, mm -hmm. it's on high ground. Now you see them getting literally pushed out of their neighborhood because they need that property. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, so when these right-wingers sold out to these corporations, when you see them basically erasing regulations, they're going to make it so that if you don't have any money in this there you country, go. you're right. going to die. That in New Orleans, you're not going to be alive. Do you understand it's going to be underwater? Right. I mean, please. Put, you gotta, I'm glad you're making this point, Well, You got to keep hitting that. And, and Kamala Harris, if Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren on a ticket together could be... You're right. She'll get in the gutter, but Kamala ain't going to get in the gutter and be nasty. She's going to get in the gutter with shade. And you're right. There is a hatred there. But, but we're not playing for four years. You're absolutely right. We're playing for the future of basically human life right, in you gotta many fight. ways. Right. Yeah. You got to fight. Uh, fight. And so here's the deal, y'all. I know we have some other stories. I'm going to get to those tomorrow. Uh, but I'm going to end the show. This was the interview that I did with Erica Alexander. Y'all remember her from Living Color. Uh, she's down on Black Lightning. And I did an interview with her along with Be Woke Vote. Uh, and... I want y'all to listen to the end of, of what she said here, because this is really where I am, and this is where y'all need to be as well. You either going to help run it or they're going to run it for you. In order to get anything done in this world, we have to work with the system that's there. And you have to have the courage of your convictions. You may despise me, you may not understand my choice, but at least you can respect that I stood in it.
If you are outside the mainstream, nobody can push you aside any further in life. It makes you jaded and it hurts you. It's painful. And we've had a lot of pain in this country. Trump can show up and say anything. And they can just go, oh, yeah. The African-American community was great to us. They didn't vote. You know, he just called you stupid. Did you hear that? Oh, 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 but he's for us. Really? And they were just regurgitating the things that they had heard on a radio or in the barbershop or something somebody had told them. They hadn't thought about it. Democracy is... Uh, in danger is because people don't know how to think. I'm done with trying to convince people to try to vote for their, you know, for their for their life. You have to run for your life. I'm going to go try to get people who are open to it and, and, and lead them. I'm done with hope. Fuck hope. Fight. That's it. That's it. That's it. Now look, now look. Now let me go ahead. I know some of y'all probably say, you know, damn, Roller, I ain't never heard you cuss this much. Let me, this actually, this actually happens. Uh, Few year, a number of years ago, um, Nightline, uh, Ice T was on Nightline with uh, with uh, Ted Koppel mm-hmm. and Dr. Alvin Poussaint, <laughs> and so they sit on the show and they're talking about lyrics and stuff like that. And so Ted Koppel goes, you know, Ice T, you know, <laughs> what is it about, you know, the language? And and Ice T says, Ted. Y'all understand, if I could get this clip. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to send an email to somebody at ABC. I need to get just this clip. Ice-T said, Ted, you need to understand something. He said, black people cuss for emphasis. <laughs> he said, for instance, white people will say, Johnny, put down that knife. Black people, Johnny, put down that goddamn knife. <laughs> he said, it creates a whole different tone. <laughs> Ted Koppel goes, Dr. Poussaint, <laughs> your thoughts on what Ice-T had to say? Alvin Poussaint, Harvard professor, <laughs> all degrees goes, well, Ted, Ice-T has a point. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes when you hear Erica say, fuck hope, come on, fight, come on. That's three words. There it is, right. brother. <laughs> that three words right there mm. sums it all up. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, y'all. We'll watch the debate tonight. We'll be about 30 more of them, so we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, Here's the deal, y'all. Ain't no other place. No. There's no other place that's going to have this, the kind of realness with this conversation we had today. So this is what I need y'all to do. I'm just going to be straight up. We cannot do this without you. Okay? We cannot survive on advertising alone. We need you to become members of our Bring the Funk fan club. Your support makes this possible. Your support allows us to be free. Uh, I'm already planning, once these cannons whittle down, we're gonna have post-debate analysis. Hmm. Y'all ain't got to watch all that nonsense when you don't see any black people except one person on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News. But see, here's a piece. We can't do none of that if this don't exist. Mm-hmm. We have to create it. So. What I want, if, again, if 20,000, just break it up, if 20,000 of our followers, that's it, 20,000 contributed 50 bucks each for the whole year, shows paid for for a whole year. Hmm. Staff, cameras, everybody, our travel, all paid for for a whole year. That's why we need you. Now, a lot of y'all been freeloading. Y'all be like, oh, I love the show, but I'm trying to tell y'all right now. And here's a piece here. This ain't TV One where Alfred Lick has made a decision to cancel it. Mm. This ain't CNN, mm. where they chose not to give me my own show in 2009. Mm. This is not MSNBC, 
where even the folks who got black shows over there won't invite me on. Hmm. Hmm. Come on now. Hmm. So there's no person who can cancel this show but me. The only way this show gets canceled if we simply don't have the dollars to make the show possible. Hmm. And so we need your support. We need you to go to rollermartinunfiltered.com, join our fan club. Uh, and again, every single one of you uh, can make this possible. And yeah, 20,000. We got about 2,500 folks members of our fan club. Hmm. Literally, another 18,500. Come on. Yo, we said... We literally don't have to raise another advertising dollar. That means that we don't have to have, not a single company has to sponsor us, and this show will be paid for, and we will do 235 to 240 uh, one-hour shows every day. We'll take off the last two weeks of the year, and we're in business. Well, so well, we want you. I know you've you got to go with, for, for emphasis. Just tonight, there's nobody's going to cover the Supreme Court like you did. The connections you have, the people who are on Skype, you had your brother coming from North Carolina. There's nowhere showing that. 20,000 people, that's nothing, man. Let's just get this, let's just get this done. I mean, I'm a contributor. I need to go and, go, go and contribute. And some more, I mean, an annual contributor, meaning that comes in every year. Let's do this. This is not that hard. And they're going to cry if it disappears. Because this is the most crucial time for this now. Absolutely. Right. And so, folks, go to rollermarkdownfilter.com, join our Bring the Funk fan club, and we certainly will appreciate it. And, of course, don't forget, you also get your get your code, discounts to books uh, on the website. Uh, and then we'll soon have uh, my uh, pocket squares and other items on the site as well, items for sale. So all of that right here, rollermarkdownfilter.com. All right? Make it happen. Folks, I got to go. I'll see you all tomorrow. Holla! Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.